0: Hello passionate listeners, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. And if you like this episode, please do subscribe. I have a remarkable lady on the show today. Her name is Suzanne Geisman. Suzanne is a former US Navy commander who served as commanding officer and aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on 9-11. Today, Suzanne Provides stunning evidence of the existence of universal consciousness and our interconnectedness. Suzanne serves humanity as a verified evidential medium and is the author of 13 books and a messenger of hope. Suzanne has been a keynote presenter for organizations including Edgar Casey's Association for Research and Enlightenment, the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies, the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, and the International Association for Near-Death Studies. This is her story and this is her passion. Suzanne Giesman, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here, Louisa, especially because
1: of the topic, because this work truly is my passion and it's just something that I can't
0: not do. Yes, and, and I always say following your passions is You know your soul connecting with you in in some capacity. Um, Let's dive right in. I'm so honored that you're on the show. Just a brief background, and everyone wants to know this: what's life like in the Navy as a Navy commander?
1: (laughs) Well, I was very fortunate that I never had a trouble being a woman in the military. I joined before women were allowed to serve on most ships. Now it's commonplace that women are on all ships, but that is why I served ashore for my entire 20 years in the Navy, but it was just as exciting as I could have asked for anyway. I got to uh, serve at the highest levels. I, I did serve as the commanding officer of a shore-based unit. I was the special assistant to the head of the Navy, the chief of naval operations, Amazing. and then as you mentioned, the the aide to the head of the entire United States military, the chairman of the Joint chiefs so it was a a great honor a very disciplined life you gave up a lot of your freedoms you you were told where you would be assigned uh, with some input but you didn't always get what you wanted and you knew that you had to do your duty or um not serve with honor so it was just never a question it it was an incredible honor to serve
0: Mm,
1: wonderful and so do you get seasick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, not on big ships however we crossed the Atlantic in our sailboat as part of a three-year voyage of full-time sailing and cruising that was what I did after we retired and only during that Atlantic crossing did I get seasick the first day out of port several times
0: right. yeah <laughs> and then from this incredible life everything changed with the death of your stepdaughter Susie. right Susan,
1: yes. My uh, husband's daughter, Susan, followed her dad in his footsteps. He was the Navy captain and she joined the Marine Corps and was crossing the flight line at work and was struck and killed by lightning. That's why we were sailing in Croatia and, or off the coast of Croatia, and our whole life just turned around at that time. Uh, I tell people now that I am not what people call a born medium. I did not see spirits my whole life. If I had talked about the spirit world like I do now, they probably would have taken away my top secret security clearance. Right. You know, that's just not, it was so not a part of my life. But after Susan passed, I had to know if what I'd heard was true, that there are these people who can allegedly talk to spirits, that life is allegedly eternal. And now there's no allegedly about it. I connect with evidence to other people's loved ones, as well as my own. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that life goes on.
0: I think the fundamental um, thing or question is to, to trust the messages and the guidance. A lot of people have a tr- trouble with this. Um, not that they don't receive the messages, but to actually believe what they're receiving is, is true. How did you trust your intuitive guidance?
1: Well, I began meditating right after Susan passed in hopes of connecting with her personally, if she really was around. And I knew that nothing was going to convince me unless it was verifiable information in the messages that I couldn't know about. Mm. So my intuition did turn back on. We all have intuitive abilities as a result of a daily practice of sitting in the silence. And so I began to know things that people could verify, such as Oh, that doctor over there, I just sense that he's from Ghana and he was, so those are verifiable things. You learn to trust what you're sensing. But as far as when I first connected with Susan herself, I needed evidence that I wasn't making this up. Even though I could feel her as if she stepped into the room, I heard her voice. In her own voice, not like my own thoughts, but I put her to the test on the spot. I said, Susan, you have to tell me something going on in your biological mother's life that I don't know. And she gave me three things. We called up her mom and all three of them were very accurate, very off the wall things such as mom's cat is sick. And they had just brought the cat home with medication. So those in the spirit world don't mind when we put them to the test. They love for us to know that they are still right here.
0: Wow. And and you have an a, a energetic spirit team that works with you. Um, do you mind just telling us a bit more about that?
1: Not at all. Because I had been told by a teacher that the spirits would speak through me in meditation. And I heard these beautiful little phrases and they're the kinds of things that you were talking about, you know, the things that we doubt because we can't prove, you know, things about life and the afterlife, but the spirit world must've known they had to do something kind of unusual with me. So I knew I wasn't making it up. And one day they just gave me a three page Poem, multiple stanzas non-stop flow of rhyming words that answered a direct question i had asked and i started sobbing as it came through because i realized what was going on they knew the only way to get me to believe these weren't my own thoughts was to give me the answer in a form that i would never be able to do and i could never have written a poem the way it flowed like that and from that day in 2008 Uh, I got a year's worth of poems every day, a rhyming, meaningful poem. And then it must've been 2009 then because since 2010, every day for a decade, I've gotten a daily message, which we post online these days from my guides, not just to help me, but to help all of humanity, which is just a blessing.
0: Yes, and all, for anyone that's listening or watching, all your details will be in the show notes below. Um, a lot of, I get a lot of questions. How, um, how do you connect to the energies? Do you have to, do you need to be in a very relaxed state? Do you need to meditate? What if they don't turn up? How yeah. do you connect? <laughs> I guess well, you get these questions as well.
1: Yeah, you know, sure. I, I enjoy teaching this because having not been a born medium, i studied what works i paid attention i asked how is this possible what makes this connection possible and detailed all of it and it's very simple it's all consciousness at different levels of vibration so first we have to believe that higher consciousness exists and that we can tap into it then we set the intention to simply shift the channel to the other Vibrations of information that are right here because consciousness is everywhere. It's nonlinear. It is omnipresent. And so through meditation, I was able to train myself to drop into an expanded state and at least moving from the beta brainwave state to alpha and hold that. And when we can get out of that active mind into a conscious, more relaxed, expanded state and through training, get to know what that feels like, we can instantly access the information that's right here. That's why I call it changing the channel.
0: Mm. And how do you receive your messages? Are they visu- visual? Are they audio? Everyone has different ways of receiving messages.
1: Yes, yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the above. Uh, the, yes, the, the daily messages are strictly auditory. But when I do a reading for someone, it's a beautiful mixture, a combination of hearing their thoughts, sometimes hearing direct phrases or hearing songs. I see images I'm, I see more and more what they look like, but that's just coming online. Mostly they'll put images and memories in my visual field, all inside the mind. I feel their physical sensations, how they passed or certain injuries or ailments they might have had in my own body. I feel their emotions and most of all, their personality. So that as I report what I'm feeling, we're capturing the true essence of that person that somebody knows so well. So that they say, my God, that's my loved one. And then you just know certain things. That's called claircognizance. Put all of that together. And it's really a beautiful way to show that this whole person that you know and love is still That person, albeit
0: without a body, absolutely. I mean, it's just so fascinating. (laughs) So, um, the the energies that work with you, I I guess, there's two parts to this question. Obviously, people that have left their physical body are there in the non-physical realm. Do the energies or guides that have to work that work with you have, at one stage, they been in a physical body?
1: Most of them, yes. Uh, Now you have to realize this is the former Navy commander now talking about angels and archangels and guides. I had the hardest time with that at first, but over the years, all of those levels of beings have proven to me beyond any reasonable doubt that they exist as aspects, expressions of consciousness by giving me evidence about themselves that I couldn't know. So those at the archangel level would fall into that category of those who have not experienced life in physical form. I've even tapped into archetypal beings because they're all thought forms in different dimensions. It's, it really is fascinating. And it is my passion to tap into as much as we possibly can to have these adventures
0: in consciousness that any of us are capable of having. It's just fascinating, all these universal truths. So you can ask a question and you're, once you've reached the level of consciousness that you so easily can access, you are provided the question, the answer.
1: Yes. And I've learned to get into a deep expanded state of consciousness and actually let the guide speak through me. People can find online uh, transcripts and videos of me doing this, channeling is what it's called, where my guides speak directly through me. And I'm kind of in the background, mildly aware of what's coming through. But I've gotten to the point where just on the fly, I can ask them a question anytime. If it serves a greater good, they'll answer it. If they're able to get it through the filter of my mind, uh, they will. And that filter does get in the way. There are certain things. If I just at the human level can't believe something or can't go there, I'll actually block that information from coming through. Somebody just asked me a political question and I said, I'm not even going there with my guides, you know, that kind of thing.
0: So there's certain questions they won't uh, provide guidance for.
1: Especially if it doesn't serve the soul's growth. That's why we're here. It's kind of like a toddler who's learning to walk They're the guys are going to let us stumble a while. So we learn on our own. But if we really reach out and we need that help, they're going to be right there to help us.
0: That take, oh my gosh, I've got so many questions. My mind's just thinking, <laughs> <laughs> the, go backtracking. First of all, what does it feel like in your physical body when you're connecting? You mentioned you feel the person, but also the channeling. How does your body feel? Ooh, you know, one time they actually knocked me off a chair. The energy
1: was so strong and uh, I've learned to handle it over the years. It keeps ramping up higher and higher. There are some beings who are really do have a powerful presence and it pushes me back in the chair, but uh, you, you do uh, accustom yourself to that. When a person who's passed to the other side, a family member here, merges their energy field with mine, I just feel as if somebody stepped into the room their physical symptoms and such uh, sometimes can be a bit uncomfortable, but I just say, back it off, back it off. And the moment I report the symptom, it goes away. You know, point made. They, mm. they, they wanted us to use that as evidence, but channeling is a whole different thing. I've never used drugs, but it, I come out of that state absolutely high. And it takes me a little while to come back down to earth. It's just the most blissful feeling. It's
0: lovely. Do you do you enjoy connecting with uh, people who have left the physical body?
1: What I enjoy is the healing that it brings to those who are here. Just the, an hour ago, I finished connecting a mother with her son across the veil, a young man who took his own life. And I can't say that I enjoyed connecting with him because that's tragic and sad. And she was grieving, but by connecting with him and sharing his evidential messages i know that's helping her to heal and i know that's helping him to say what he needed to say so in that way yes i enjoy being the person in the middle which is exactly what a Mm -hmm. medium is there are other types of readings that are like a family reunion and i love those there nobody has any apologies everything was good the family's happy And here's your mom and here's your dad on the other side and your, your aunt and your sister. And they all just come in to let you know, they're still here with evidence and it's just beautiful and joyous. So each reading is different, but it's, it is sacred healing work. And in that respect, Oh, I can't imagine anything more special. Yes. What what
0: wonderful hope uh, yeah. you you offer to people um, i'm interested with your mediumship you connect with uh, individuals people that souls that have passed in the physical body can you can you also connect with the living
1: uh, that's an interesting question and yes i've gotten evidence from a woman in a coma she was talking to me as if Uh, she had already passed and in fact she passed a week later and dropped in on me to say it's beautiful here and I sent that message to her friends and they said she passed at midnight I've communicated with people who I thought were across the veil and the loved ones validated that's my dad but he's still here he has dementia so that's why they're trying to come through so that's that's just a sample of the types of situations we do that but also anybody who can connect to the higher realms can connect to the energy field the consciousness of people here and that's called psychic work so that happens time to time and people often have questions you know how do i deal with this or that and so at times we do the psychic work but my focus is on the healing that comes from those special interactions with loved ones who
0: have passed. That's what you're passionate about. (laughs) Do you you believe that everyone has access to this capability of um, mediumship?
1: I do, I do. I don't have statistics, but I teach from the standpoint that we all can do this. I'm case in point, had no idea I could do this, had no idea it was even possible for people who hadn't seen spirits their whole life. And here I am with an incredibly clear ability that's just opened up through commitment to developing it. But the reason it's possible is because what we learned to do is make that shift the channel changing from human focus to stepping into the fullness of our being as a soul. And we all have a soul. We all are souls now. So that's why it's possible. We already have the communication equipment. It's the soul, not the brain.
0: Mm. So as a so why <laughs> this is a very big question. Why are we here?
1: Oh. We are expressions of the source that breathes us, of this incredible field of infinite intelligence, consciousness, awareness. We are we are finite limitations of that infinite potential that Wanted to experience and express its creativity. It's like let's take something beautiful and see how much more beautiful we can make it. That would be you, and so let's create something other than just being. I mean, Source already knows itself. It's the it's the fullness of all that is. So let's create something other, a finite finite aspect of that, and we'll we'll give it a body and a role to play and let it go at it and just create so we're here to be the expression of love to have experiences and hopefully along the way express even more love and joy and nobody said it would be easy and it's through some of our greatest challenges that we grow and evolve the most and when we choose love in response to
0: every challenge we just grow by leaps and bounds that's a wonderful explanation. So is it is there at some point in our I'm assuming you have uh, of the belief of reincarnation that we come back in our humanness is there at some point we reach a certain level and we no 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 longer need to return to this physical realm?
1: I believe that is so. I don't have proof of that, but there's so much evidence in the literature about it and my guides have told me this is so. So I just have to trust them. That's one of those cases where it's We'll find out when we get to the other side, but I do trust what I've learned from the guides and read in the irrefutable evidence about the afterlife. And so many people I come into contact with say, I want to get it right this time because I sure don't want to come back again. And you know, so many do <laughs> come back time. because once you get to the other side and it's pure love, it's kind of like, well, where's the challenge? I'm ready for a challenge. If we can keep that kind of attitude in mind and know that
0: everything passes, then life becomes much more enjoyable. Mm. I know you talk about also about the interconnectedness of all of us when we think we're separate, but we're actually unified in some capacity. Do you mind just explaining that a little bit more?
1: Oh, it's just it's. It shows up to us more and more the more we open to this web of connections. And that web is not just with each other, but with those across the veil. Everything is interconnected at the most uh, deep level as the light in expression. But the more we align with our true nature as love and creativity, beauty, kindness, all of those aspects that are in alignment with our true nature, then more and more we see what are these God winks. synchronicity is the way that the web
0: shows itself
1: things that you can't explain how things come together in magical miraculous ways that's the web
0: mm, wonderful and talking about the web are we able to I won't use the word manipulate but but create our reality by our our thoughts and our
1: absolutely beliefs. I just uh, I have monthly webinars where I share the latest teaching. And I just did one last night where I sh- shared a story how uh, my husband and I absolutely manifested a second summer home. We wrote a list earlier in the summer. This is what we want to have in the house, the size of it, the price of it. And we want a waterfall in the backyard. We, abs- we found that home. We had an accepted offer on that home. And then it fell apart, which was the lesson that, We can manifest things, but if there is a bigger picture and other people's free will come into it, then we have to trust the process. So this is where the perspective of the finite human versus the soul that knows what the greater good is comes into play. So we can manifest what we think we want, but trust that there is someone helping you at a higher level who has the bigger picture when things don't work out, and every time you're going to look back and say, man, it's a good thing we didn't get that.
0: (laughs) Yes, because things usually work out better than expected if if you're in a a positive mindset.
1: And if you're willing to accept what happens, trust the process. That's hard
0: sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. It's really hard. from experience, not get too attached to the outcome.
0: That's hard for the human side. Because in our humanness, we get, we're so attached. We get so attached to what we see and what we experience in our reality is the key not to get so emotional about it and, and, and surrender, I I guess is probably a good word to the divine. Yes,
1: indeed. And surrender is a big word for me lately because I recently found a definition and many people say, well, I don't want to give up my will. I don't want to surrender. That's weakness. And actually the word surrender comes from sir meaning higher render to melt so more than weakness much more than that it's melting into the field from which we arise and allowing the field to guide us it's a it's actually an act of strength
0: to surrender Mm. and being vulnerable my 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 quote for the month is surrendering not suffering (laughs) And I think about that all the time if I'm suffering. (laughs) So that takes me on to what what happens on the other side on the veil when we pass out, leave our physical body.
1: I was asked this question by a noted afterlife researcher, Dr. Kenneth Ring. And I asked my guides and in the middle of of a flight, all of a sudden this download came and I pulled out my laptop and typed this 12 page download that he said, having researched 2000 people with NDEs near death experience it was the most astonishing document he'd ever read and it's actually in the back of a free ebook on my website called awakening right on at the bottom of the home page and the spirits described how depending on your level of awakening when you pass meaning how much you truly understand you are already the light a soul you go to the level you achieved here so most Humans end up in what's called the astral realm, still carrying around the story, acting out the role that they were acting here. So, if there was some human thing you didn't get to do while you were here or was your passion, you'll continue doing that immediately upon passing. So, somebody who's a scientist here may actually end up helping scientists here once he gets to the other side of the veil. I once had a man who, uh, came through from the other side and his wife said, can you tell me what my husband's doing now that he's passed? And the answer sounded so crazy. I said, he shows me I'm playing golf every day and standing firmly on two feet. Well, number, why would we be playing golf in, in the spirit world? And why would he have two feet when we don't even have a body? And she laughed and she said, oh, I'm so happy to hear that because golf was his passion. Wow. (laughs) But right before he passed, he had his leg amputated and couldn't golf anymore. So we create the body we want. Most end up looking about 35 years old in perfect health with a perfect body. And it's just whatever we create to do whatever we wanted to do. And in that download, they told me you want to fly a plane. Suddenly you're a pilot. You want to eat berry pies. Five or 10 of them without getting sick, you do that. But after a while, these human things lose their luster and you start aiming a little higher. And now, what asking the deeper questions that some of us ask while we're here? And then you realize you no longer need a body. And so you don't have the body. Or you may just recognize you're the light and you're all about turning your light up and then you may decide to serve humanity in a greater way and become a spirit guide to people here and on and on we go until it's all you know just we can't prove it again like the reincarnation we just meld back into the light.
0: Mm. I, I asked this question a lot I'm sure you are as well why if it's so wonderful on the other side, you mentioned it, you did mention it before for the experiences, but why do we come back?
1: Yeah, exactly that. Really for the, some people might balk at this, for the fun of it, the joy of rediscovering who we are and the joy of knowing love and, oh, my God, there are so many moments that are not fun here, so many, and yet... We wouldn't know what love and fun and joy is if we didn't experience the opposite. And when you are simply pure being and all that is without expressing it as the source, why then, why don't we just go have experiences, adventures in consciousness? Mm
0: -hmm. And is there, there's so many words for it, is there a hill? Is there a dark place one can go when they die?
1: I've heard about it, but happily, mm, oh, actually a couple did come to me from that kind of state. You can certainly read in the near-death experience literature about people who passed and came back, who went to what felt like a dark place, but they mostly traveled through it Mm -hmm. and then came back into their bodies. But I've had a few in just the last year who were truly troubled here and committed truly horrific acts of abuse and murder. And it's the first time that they've started coming through in readings to, with messages for their loved ones to make amends, but a couple of these truly horrific cases, they were not allowed to speak. They showed up kind of cocooned and you could just see the head above this like blanket that wrapped them up. They had angelic escorts, I know this sounds
0: crazy. No, nothing, This you could say anything on this show.
1: <laughs> the reason why I know it's not crazy is because the evidence about the acts that they had perpetuated were validated by their loved one here. But they came through and weren't allowed to speak, but the guides who came with them told me what they had done and said they are being repatterned their energy is being cleared before it's allowed to blend with the others kind of like a virus right we're going to just cleanse this energy field but the most important thing is it wasn't a punishment they were surrounded by love but imagine being subjected to watching everything you've done and feeling the full brunt of that so it's an interesting paradox of being shown the love but not uh yet being able to communicate so it was very interesting i think and it's a life review oh we all go through the life review allegedly that's what's come through in the messages and in the literature
0: it's it's so it's so fascinating and I I just love that you have, well, you're given all, you're guided with all these answers. I also wanted to talk about, we hear a lot about soul family. What's your thoughts on soul family or people we connect with on the other side or in this life?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, concept of soul mates. A soul mate is not always just a loved one or somebody you marry, a romantic interest. It's someone who at a soul level, you knew that your interaction was going to be so profound, no matter how brief or how long, that your souls and others as well would grow tremendously as a result of it. So I'm sure that those listening can think of who that person in their life would be. There's absolutely a group of, of in most cases, about 20, souls who are all very interactive with each other across the veil and take on different roles my guides in one of my earliest channeling sessions says and that brother who may push your buttons in this lifetime <laughs> in the next you may return the favor
0: <laughs> no, you know you just, you trade roles so whether it's positive or negative they're obviously helping your soul's growth in some some way yes
1: yeah. And and I, again, put people to the test, the spirits, when they share these kinds of things with me. My stepdaughter came through and showed me that in another lifetime, she was my mother. That sounds crazy to me, except I said, if you're telling me this, you've got to prove it. And she showed me this little Fabergé egg, pink, with lattice work on it, flashed it in my mind, And I was in England at the time. This is like a Russian thing. Mm -hmm. I said, Why are you showing that to me? And she said, It's evidence that this family relationship truly existed. That night, I went to Gatwick Airport. She showed up in my hotel room. I was waiting for a morning flight. And she said, Go to the gift shop. This is my stepdaughter in the spirit world. I'm going to go off camera for the briefest second.
0: Sure. I'll be here.
1: No, 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 (laughs) no. I have to show you that I, I have learned to trust. So I left my room, walked to the hotel lobby, walked to the gift shop, and this was in the display. Oh, wow. It was exactly Riplica. what she showed me, exactly. I was
0: stunned.
1: And so this kind of thing, people might scoff at that, but it happens so often, over and over, daily evidence that shows me that there's so much more to life that that we don't know about
0: there sure is and and they also say on the other side there's no concept of time um i'm just giving the example of your stepdaughter does she come so obviously you're quite capable of connecting with her but does she just hang around or do they come and go
1: It's dependent upon what serves the greatest good. I don't hear from her that often at all. But last weekend, we had a gathering of three couples all with children across the veil. So I sat here in this room before we got together for a dinner party. In fact, it was to celebrate the birthday of one of them who have passed, which is a beautiful thing rather than bemoaning that she wasn't here we we all ate a dinner her favorite dinner and had ice cream cake in her honor and so i sat here beforehand and said all right all three of you kids please be at the party i am open to hearing from you because normally i have my own life to live here Mm. and so do they across the veil but every one of them showed up with evidence at the party it was just amazing so much fun so yeah they they drop in And anytime we think about our loved ones, though, it's like a doorbell goes off in their mind. They know we're thinking about them through that heart connection. They feel it and they're just present, just like that. It's that easy.
0: So interesting. But also you have the capability, a special connection or a special phone line to call them if if you desire.
1: Well, we all do. I just happen to have... Honed the ability to sense them. Just as an example, the party was right around the corner. And mm-hmm. as we went into the driveway of the, the young woman whose birthday it was, and, but she's in spirit, yeah. her mom walked out the door to greet us, and the dog bounded out the door. It was this young girl's dog. She passed uh five or six years ago. And as the dog bounded towards us in spirit, she said to me, My mom pulled a thorn out of him last night. And I went up to her mom and I said, your daughter Carly just told me this. And she said, exactly last night, that's what I did. Because they they see these things. They're still part of our life, which is so affirming, isn't it?
0: Yes, I've just got goosebumps. And there's no way you could have known no. that. I mean, not that you certainly don't need validation anymore, but those oh, sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also, so you were talking about soulmates, and I know you've said that you've Marry? You're married to your soulmate.
1: Yes, I am. My husband, Ty, is a retired Navy ship captain. He married a Navy officer, not a medium. And he is 100% on board with the work I do. One of my greatest supporters. And I couldn't do this work without him. There's a video on the video page of my website called What Does Love Look Like? And I'm just so blessed to have a relationship that, that uh, it's, it's absolutely a soulmate relationship.
0: Well, many, many people are looking to find their soulmate. How does one find their soulmate? And the second question, What what's it like? Do you ever argue? <laughs>
1: you, you, you don't find a soulmate, you recognize, recognize a soulmate. And the most important thing that's come up in multiple readings when we get into psychic work, what's best for the person is I'm able to see when someone has had a string of challenging relationships that are always the same problem coming up. Mm -hmm. And they pinpoint what the challenge is. And then the guidance is start radiating, work on that issue in you and start radiating what you want to find in a partner, because otherwise, you're going to keep attracting the people who will let you learn that lesson. So when the time is right, that soulmate will come. So all you do is recognize in you what you don't want to see in somebody else, recognize your greatest challenges, work on that, knowing and trusting that the right partner is coming. If you're already in a committed relationship and things are challenging, that's because there are issues that this person could already be your soulmate and they're here to help you work on it. We have our challenges, but we don't, if you watch that video, you'll see we don't criticize each other. We don't argue regularly. <laughs> we never shout at each other or get angry, but um it's the personality conflicts. It's just trying to find that right balance between the yin and the yang. That's what relationships are all about. But we, I think the greatest thing we have is respect and appreciation for each other.
0: Beautiful. And you answered it beautiful. Be, be, be the magnetic attractor of the person you would like to have in your life or the The person you already have in your life, if if you change everything else around, around changes as well. I truly believe that.
1: Yeah.
0: This is a side question. (laughs) Do you think um, uh, we we, we come here, we sort of choose our life in some capacity. Do you think the future or whatever we, I mean, there's no time really. Do you think the future is already planned for us in this life?
1: What has been shown to me through multiple channeling sessions is that our we map out our life in advance at the soul level with those we're going to interact with here, the major players. So it is like a role in an, in a play that we come and say, mm-hmm. well, this person's going to be a navy officer, and then halfway through her life, she's going to have this radical transformation and be a medium. Ooh, that's a good script. You know, yeah. there are major milestones in each life. If somebody's going to have a major illness, that's going to offer them opportunities for learning they may have that. Uh, milestones even include what we call exit points when you get to depart. And if it's your time, you go. And if it's not, you stay. People who've had near-death experiences, that, those are exit points and they decided not to take it. Well, there's always another one. Uh, that What's been shown to me is you could picture your soul's path like on a map, The highway's drawn out. That's your path. And these are the milestones, the waypoints. And through free will, though, that's the wild card. There are times when we veer off the path. And that's okay. We take the side roads. How's that working for you, you know? And if you get too far off, that's when your guides step in and nudge you back. So pay attention. If you're always hitting a wall in what you're trying to achieve, you're straying from the path you're not aligned if things are falling right into into place then your heart's in the right place and you're in line with what you came here to do
0: Mm. I mean as, as as you've said many times on during this interview we're always given messages and intuitive guidance whether we choose to receive it or hear it Is meditation fundamental or it doesn't have to be meditation, quieting the mind or slowing down or pausing fundamental to receiving this guidance.
1: It absolutely is. I wish you could see my dining room table right now. It's covered with the notes and the downloads I've gotten in the last 24 hours about how to put all of that into a new course and a book to make it even more simple for people. For me, the path was meditation, a process of, of quieting the, the monkey mind, we call it the chatter, the distractions. Mm. And I trained myself to enter this expanded state at will, I have many meditations, some hemi sync recordings that actually bring your brain into a state of synchronization, all of that is critical. But it's critical to having the experience to knowing what that expanded state feels like. I've, I know I can get to the point now where I can show people how to get that to that point much more quickly than a decade of meditation and how to maintain that sustained, conscious, expanded state of connection throughout the day so that you're getting that intuitive guidance. You're hearing it and you act on it, that life is more peaceful. I'm really excited because I feel we're all ripe for that kind of living, rather than the isolated, solitary, focused, driven life that's driving
0: us crazy. Mm. You mentioned the hemi-sync, which I, I believe is the music or audio. Do you mind just discussing that? what that is a little bit more?
1: It, it is it's a beautiful meditative tool. It's like training wheels for meditation. It's uh, beautiful meditative music, My guides channeled the scripts that I narrated in the studio and then the sound engineers who have really studied brainwave states overlay the music and the guidance with specific beats and tones that are actually not very audible they're in the background that that are. Different in each ear, such that the brain kind of goes, Ooh, this isn't quite right. And then it brings it into this very focused but relaxed state. That's hemispheric synchronization, hemisync. And it really works. All you have to do is read the reviews of the four in my mediumship series, the four hemisync uh, recordings. And people are just blown away. Wow, I've been meditating for years and I went deeper, faster or had these amazing experiences. So it's, it's very rewarding that it works. It worked for me. And that's why I was so honored when the Hemisync Company came to me and said, would you do a series for us?
0: How wonderful that I guess that would take me into your offering. You have an online workshop coming up in November
1: Ah, yes, I do. Well, we're going to announce it in November. It's now going to start December 2nd with the Shift Network. And it's all about- Congratulations. yes, Yes, thank you. Soul to soul communication. And it's all about tapping into, in service to yourself and others, the different levels of higher consciousness. That'll be great.
0: Sounds amazing. I've asked all the questions now. Is this something you're, you would like to talk about or your guides would like to express for the audience?
1: I teach everything according to the principles of a, a way of living that I call the awakened way. This was taught to me by a young man in spirit whose nickname was Wolf. In fact, it was he was one of the young people who came to the party the other night. His parents were here visiting. And he came through with a profound message for all of us, which is why I wrote a book called Wolf's Message. But the, the uh, distillment of his message comes out into this process called the awakened way. Not really a process, like I said, a way of living, that understanding what, I've, what we've really focused on here today, that you are an expression of infinite intelligence. You're a soul having a human experience. So you're both, not either or. And the second principle is you're part of one web connecting all that is on multiple levels. And number three, you find your way home to your true nature through the heart not the head. That's one aspect of this whole conversation we didn't talk about much. We're so focused as human beings these days on logic and reason and all those left brain things that we're out of balance as a species. We need to get back into the flowing with nature, the flowing of the intuition, the flowing of knowing that comes when we're not so focused linearly. The heart flows and knows. So we can actually shift our awareness from the head into that heart space, expand outward in an expanded state of awareness, which I just entered right now. Just like that, you can drop into alpha brainwave state and get guidance that's here and available to you all the time. But until you learn to make that instantaneous shift like that, you miss so much that's here right now so learning to be flexible in your point of view am I coming from the human viewpoint or am I shifting to the heart the soul
0: it makes all the difference in the world I'm, I'm feeling that completely <laughs> that was beautiful thank you so much whoever shared that message whether it's you or your your guides Suzanne Geisman it's been a passionate delight to have you on Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for being here. I it's really thank you
1: for your honor. work.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. And it's just been so insightful. And I can't wait to look at your website with all those offerings. It looks incredible.
1: A lot of free gifts on there. I want to make as much of this available to everybody as possible. That's that's why we're all
0: here. huh? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. B- bye.